The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, hope that uh, everybody out there had a great weekend and is gearing up for uh, for the holiday season. All of us from uh, Winning Ponies want to wish you a Merry Christmas, a happy Hanukkah, have a great Kwanzaa, and happy New Year's to all of our Winning Ponies listeners and those that get their holiday green using our website. Tonight, we have interesting guests all around. The first out of the box will be Chantel Sutherland Cruz. Of course, you know who she is, Sovereign Award-winning jockey up in Canada, her homeland, and then, of course, all her years of success around the U.S., particularly out on the West Coast, uh, her great relationship with uh, Game on Dude. Uh, it, the word is, and I just got it from Chantel, that she is online for her comeback, I do believe, the day after Christmas. So we're going to find out about her passion, uh, the reason she's returning to racing, and kind of what her new daily schedule is, and if, in fact, uh, she is ready to roll the day after Christmas. After that, we're going to be talking with Corey Johnson, the president of Kentucky Downs. Uh, Corey, just a very altruistic individual, does a lot for racing, uh, besides put together one of the most unique racing programs in America uh, through the turf course at Kentucky Downs. Just want to see if there's been any changes on more days, find out about his new old friends section at Kentucky Downs, and uh, his uh, backing of Jockey Talk 360, and his involvement in uh, pu- the publication of uh, Ride to Win. A couple weeks ago, we talked with Gary West, and this book was penned by him and outstanding writer Bob Fortas, um, and they've got a very unique uh, idea going on with this book, and it's kind of good that it's coming out just before uh, the, the holidays. Uh, you know, if you're looking for a, a late gift, it'll be easy and quick to get. And then um, Steady Eddie, of course, who used to be the host of this co- show and is often a writer on the blog section of Winning Ponies. We're going to kind of just sit back and look in the rearview mirror and take in all that happened over the last season in racing, the highs and the lows. Well, uh, the highs last week, if you were pulling down your easy win forms, uh, came again from all over the country. Last Saturday at Laurel, what a hit, a $1 super, 7741 Now, on Sunday... Golden Gate 
A $1 super brought you back $3,245. Yesterday at the Big A Aqueduct, a $1 super key returned $1,828. And fresh from Gulfstream today, a $1 super five key, $1,881. You know, you might want to think about a Christmas gift and go ahead and uh, sign one of your friends up for winning ponies and pull them down some easy win forms. We've got uh, some interesting racing in the weeks ahead. Uh, the calendar kind of changes around the holidays, so keep an eye out. But as always, there will be a lot of race action over the next few weeks. Well, this one's kind of up for debate. American Pharaoh bypassed for Sportsman of the Year by Sports Illustrated. Um, they had an online poll, and American Pharaoh was voted 47% of the online readers' vote when it closed on December 12th. The Kansas City Royals winner of the series came in second with 29%, uh, and there were uh, old Stefan Curry got 4%, Jordan Speed 3%, but the announcement came out that Serena Williams was going to get it. So obviously they had their mind made up long before. Uh, you know, she won 53 or 56 matches, but, you know, American Pharaoh, you're only a three-year-old once, and for the first time in 37 years we've got a triple crown winner that goes on to do something that no horse has ever done before, not that they had the opportunity but to beat older horses in the Breeders' Cup Classic, 47%. All I can tell you is that the Zayats uh, were not very happy about it, and a lot of racing fans aren't either if you've been up on some of the various sites. So uh, what can I say? Uh, racing just not covered very much by Sports Illustrated. I believe you got to go back to uh, 1970. Eight, when Steve Cawthon was the last person associated with racing that got the Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year. Well, there's a great sportsman that uh, retired this week, and that was jockey Cliff Berry, uh, who was honored with several presentations at Remington Park. What a rider he's been. He was the leading rider at Remington Park 15 times, and he even got a gift from superstar Toby Keith, and uh, he used to ride in uh, Toby's Silks. So uh, just a, an amazing ride. Uh, he is ranked 44th on the all-time jockeys list with 4,457 wins. Now, here's some uh, bad news out of the jockey colony. is uh, What initially was believed to be minor injuries sustained by Hall of Fame jockey Edgar Prado might be a little more serious, diagnosed as six broken ribs. They're going to sideline him for up to two months. Of course, uh, Edgar is now 48 years old and uh, had such a great run on Run Happy this year. But uh, just before coming on the air, I did pull up a recent release, and he has been released from the hospital. So, he looks like he's got three broken ribs on each side. He's got to rest for two weeks where he can't do anything. And then they're talking six to seven weeks for the ribs to heal. So uh, best of luck to Edgar Prado, one real class act. Well, Ramon Vasquez uh, had a stakes-winning double at Remington on his way to Jockey of the Week 
honors, and he was the third leading rider in North America with total wins for the entire week, uh, going through December 7th through the 13th, and took home two stakes. So congratulations to him, and with his wins on the card, he had three on the day, he finished in a tie for leading jockey at Remington with C.J. McMahon. So congratulations once again. Vasquez has won the Remington Park jockey title in both 2013 and 2014. Well, with Edgar on the sidelines, looks like Gary Stevens is getting a leg up, uh, run happy, Winner of two grade one sprints this year is in training out at Santa Anita. And uh, Gary has received the blessing of ownership that he's going to be on Run Happy for his uh, subsequent races on the West Coast. He was clocked in 125 and 2 for seven furlongs just the other day. Of course, Run Happy, a great uh, story coming from. Uh, Oh, Turfway, Ellis Park, then wins over at Saratoga, wins the Breeders' Cup, uh, has won six of seven starts, and has won $1.3 million. Well, a voice you've heard on uh, these airwaves before, Pete Aiello, got a move up. Pete Aiello has now been named the new race caller at Oaklawn Park. So big congratulations out to him. I know uh, Dave Longinetti gave him a big vote, and he just felt that uh, they had their eye on Pete for some time, and they feel he's one of the best young talents in the industry, and Pete was at the top of their list. Of course, Pete, native of South Florida, I got to meet him years ago when he's a young man. He got one of his earliest starts, aside from some fair circuits, at River Downs. He's a graduate of the University of Arizona Racetrack Industry Program. Going to have to get Pete back on the show, and I know he's very excited about it. And I do believe that uh, he's going to be able to keep his association together with Hialeah Park uh, after his duties at Oaklawn. Meanwhile, we don't know what's going on out at Santa Anita because Frank Miramati resigned from Oaklawn Park, and uh, he wants his dream job at Santa Anita, and it had sounded like he was going to get the position, but now it looks like he's going to split duties with Michael Rona, and those two guys are going to go back and forth between Santa Anita and Golden Gate, so that'll be very interesting, and um, hard to believe Frank would give up the Oakland job if he didn't know for sure that he had the uh, Santa Anita position, so uh, we'll stay tuned there on the announcer's merry-go-round. And I want to give a shout-out to trainer Jeff Radashevich, a gentleman I know who sent out his 2,000th career winner this week. Uh, he just hails from a really classy family. Uh, his father, Joe, his brothers, Jake and Joey, nephew, Jacob, all trainers. Uh, sad to say his late nephew, Joshua, was a jockey who died in a race accident at, at Beulah Park. But uh, he's a class act. The whole family is. And uh, everyone just so uh, happy to see him. His whole family was there in the winner's circle. Well, uh, some sad news in the breeding end of things. Uh, Top sire Scat Daddy died at age 11. He did not have anything really uh, that had been wrong with him. He was just coming out of his paddock, and for what reason hasn't been determined yet. He dropped dead. I mean, he was having such a fantastic season. Uh, Scat Daddy... uh, 
just got off to a great start at stud and was the leading freshman sire at 2011 with more than $1.5 million. He ranks fifth on the general sire list right now with more than $9.5 million. And he's actually tied with leading sire Tappet for number of graded stakes winners, 16 of them in 2015. So uh, he only ranks second right now on the juvenile sire list behind somebody he's close to at Ashford Stud, Uncle Mo. Sad to hear that Scat Daddy is gone. So uh, that's not good news in the breeding business, but let's take a look at some of the thoroughbred uh, racing leaders as we kind of get ready to close out the year here. Uh, as far as jockeys are concerned, let's face it, this guy has been on fire. Javier Castellano, up until this week, made over 1,400 starts, 330 wins, now $27 million his mounts have earned. So Javier Castellano on top as we head into the new year. Uh, behind him... With 287 wins is Irad Ortiz Jr. In the third spot, Johnny V, John Velasquez. Fourth, Joel Rosario. Then it's Victor Espinoza. I'm surprised with all the money that uh, he made on some of his big mounts this year uh, that uh, Victor is in uh, spot number six. Uh, Luis Sayez is in seventh. Jose Lescano having a great meet, and behind him, Junior Alvarado and Rafael Bejarano, who got his start at Little Old River Downs. As far as horses are concerned, the top five, American Pharaoh, Teppan, Honor Code, Frosted, and FNX. And then our trainers in number of earnings, no surprise here, Todd Pletcher at the top, just over Chad Brown, Bob Baffert, Mark Cassie, and Jerry Hollendorfer. So that's a look at the leaders this year. Again, as we head into the New Year's, I don't think that there's enough time to see too many of those stats change. Well, we're going to take a little bit of a break right now, and when we come back, we're going to talk with one of the great ambassadors of racing who's going to be making a return to an oval near you. That's right, Chantel Sutherland Cruz is going to be with us. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neill. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports.
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, very excited to get our next guest on. She's certainly familiar to people in racing on so many levels. Uh, she's uh, been a spokesperson. She's been a model. Uh, she's a grade one winning rider. Uh, she's just uh, been fantastic on the sport. You've seen her on the screen. Uh, Chantel Sutherland Cruz is with us, and I was so excited about, it was about four weeks ago when I pulled up uh, a story that said she was going to make her second riding comeback. So with us right now, Chantel, welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Well, this is exciting news. You are so good for the game. I I only got to see you a couple times in, in, in person. One was at the Breeders' Cup, of course. You were miles away. But another time I was a photographer at Keeneland, and I got to see you up close. I believe you beat Groupie Doll that day on, on your mount. And to watch your interaction with the fans, the sports, uh, posing with the little girls, putting your helmet on. I mean, uh, you, you're just so vibrant. Um, you're, you're good for the game, and I've got to guess that what comes across so clearly is you love the game, and that's why you're coming back. Well, thank you for the compliment, and I'm very grateful for all the fans. And, uh, yeah, I just love horse racing, and I missed it very much. Well, um, when did the light go off? When did you say, you know, because quite frankly, I understand that you, you, were, you were selling real estate and, and somebody with your talents, I mean, you could sell snow to Eskimos, so I'm sure you were, you know, good at what you were doing. But when did all of a sudden your, your heart say, you know, I really want to be back on horseback? Um, probably in July, I was doing my training for real estate and... Um, went through all the processes of learning the real estate and really love the people that are really positive and wonderful. But the whole time in the back of my mind, I was just thinking about horses and racing and I think I had a really good break, um, some time off and was feeling really refreshed. And I know that my window is not forever. So, um, I wanted to give myself the opportunity to fulfill my passion well, you know, you're really not that old, especially compared to some of the great successes we've seen in the last few years of uh, some of your uh, fellow riders that have come back and been very uh, successful, uh, you know, Gary Stevens, John Court, guys like that, that, uh, you know, haven't lost the brain power or the physical skills to do it. Now, um I'm guessing while you were going through your training for real estate, you probably weren't riding a whole lot of horses. What was your comeback uh, schedule? How? What was what was your routine? Because obviously, I'm sure you're someone that stays fit all the time. But staying fit and staying riding fit are probably two different things. Yes, they are. Um, always, I do um, hot yoga. It's called Yoga Sculpt at Core Power Yoga. It's an hour, and I do that. Uh, Monday and then Tuesday I do a cycle class, which is an hour, and it's a competition class. And the whole time I've been training towards uh, Spartan races. My husband and I like to compete in those. And 
those are on weekends. Um, and on top of all the training, then about three months ago, I went to Bob Baffert and I asked him if I could get a job galloping horses with um, at his Mike with Mike Marlowe at Los Alamitos because it's close to my home, and I wanted to make sure that I was really committed to the idea of coming back. So I got on about 11 horses in the morning at before 7.45, and then I went to the office at real estate and worked for the day and intermingled my yoga and my cycle classes. So I was getting pretty fit, and then when I knew that, like, as soon as I got on the horses that first week, um, I knew that I wanted to to really do this. And then I stopped working for Bob or Mike Marlowe at La Salle and then took about a week and then went to Santa Anita and I've been there every day just getting on horses and working horses and the reception has been really positive. Um, I'm not really sure how it's going to go and I'm not attached to any outcome. I just want to really enjoy myself, uh, do what I love and... um, Horse racing is what I really love, and I can't wait to ride tomorrow and go in every day, not work anymore. At the end, it was kind of getting like it was work. It wasn't fun, and I found my (laughs) fun again. (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, I've uh, had the opportunity to talk to to so many jockeys over the years, and everyone expresses the fact that when you win a race, no matter what level it's at, you just can't emulate that experience with, with, with anything else, especially if you're doing what you love. Yeah, winning is important, or it's, it's something that's very unique, something that not very many of us will all ever get to share as humans or people. Only jockeys get that opportunity. But I think it's the every day you have to love, too. And every day is hard work and, and the interaction with people, but also the love of horses. So for me, it's the everyday, um, and then the winning is it's the icing on the cake, of course. Well, it, it's, it started at, at a young age because uh, your father owned a horse farm. Can you kind of rewind the clock a little bit, Chantel, and tell us about y- your early days growing up and how you developed your love of horses? Um, yes, Uh Actually, there's a gentleman named Dan, and he wrote an article that's going to come out in The Guardian in about a couple of days or maybe a week. And uh, he wrote a really nice article, probably the best article I've ever seen or read about my life. And we had uh, two days of interviews for it. But just to recap, um, he, or my life is, I've grown up on a farm. I had uh, two little ponies at the age of five. I was a little bit of a rebel, a monster little kid, tomboy, loved to get dirty, and was obsessed with horses. And then my dad had race horses. My sister was the one who was really big into show jumping, and I wanted to be like my sister. And then, long story short, got closer to university, and as a summer job, I galloped thoroughbreds on a farm uh, to make money, and it just came easy, the riding part, and then the racing was something I kind of fell in love with. Well, you not only fell in love with it, I mean, you really, you know, became wonderful at your craft, but in in, re, in researching you, I found out that you, you graduated from York University with a de- degree in communications, which 
absolutely shows itself. But you also had a degree in psychology. Do you think that helps you some way in the racing game? Um, I mean, it's important, I think, to um, understand and, and try to get people and um, hear what they have to say. I think it, it helped a little bit. I, I think more importantly for me as um, this little time passed that I was away from horse racing, um, I've always tried to better myself as my skills as a person and, and grow. And I went to a course called Landmark, and it really helped me to kind of put a mirror and look at myself. Uh, I think I was a little, I don't know if the word would be arrogant, but I was a little cocky before, and I don't really think I looked myself in the mirror, and I felt like I maybe, horse racing maybe owed me something, and I now realize that it owes me nothing. It doesn't owe anyone anything. And, and in fact, I'm really grateful to be a part of it. Um, I tried really hard for everybody in the world to see what I saw in horse racing, which is this amazing sport. And I felt like it was my job to do that. And I don't feel like that's my job anymore. My job is just to, to ride the horses that I get, love them, do my best, and um, maybe pass the baton on to somebody else for that kind of stuff. But also, Landmark helped me to just be grateful for what I have and not be so focused on why am I not riding 10 horses a day or 5 horses a day. You know, be grateful with riding one, maybe. And um, I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> well, it, it does if you have a passion for the sport. You know, um, it's interesting that so many of us uh, have influences in whatever we do professionally. And in 2005, you, you came to, to the U.S. out of Canada, uh, Florida, New York. Uh, who do you feel were some of your biggest influences, whether they either be a fellow jockey or a, a trainer that helped? My biggest influences would be Angel Cordero, uh, for sure, Mike Smith, uh, Gary Stevens as well. Um, you know, I've interacted with a lot of different great riders, and I've been very lucky to be around and surrounded by great trainers and great jockeys. So, I mean, everybody has their own thing that's kind of trickled into my life, but Angel and Mike were pretty dominant in, the, in teaching me, and they took the time to really teach me a lot of things. Although those are two two pretty solid influences that have proven themselves uh, over over the over the test of of time, you know, uh, one horse that really uh, put you in the spotlight a lot, of course, was Game On Dude. Now he is retired at Old Friends Farm. I know I had his original halter. I tried to get you involved in the bidding this summer, and sorry, but somebody outbid you. Um, huh. it, 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 uh, do you, if you land in central Kentucky, do you think you're going to stop by old friends, or is he going to get a basket with some apples in for Christmas? Yes, for sure. I uh, I really would love to see him. I have this uh, extra ticket that's been outstanding for a while that I need to use before February, and um, definitely thought of using it to go see him. I miss him. I am so happy for him um, to be where he is and and they retired, and when they did, uh, he was a wonderful experience for me and some horse that I really became attached to. But, yes, I definitely would love to go see him. 
Well, yeah, I can guarantee you this. I'm good friends with Michael Blowen, and he has a great home right now. And Michael says that the, the people are just absolutely loving on him. So, uh, you know, he's uh, quite, the, quite the horse. And, uh, of course, he uh, kind of put you uh, in, in the history books for sure. Now, um, yeah, yeah. In, um, in, in the days ahead, I mean, I, I, tr- I trust that you've already uh, uh, secured an agent. Yeah, um, I've always loved Tommy Ball. He's been an agent of mine for a long time, and I feel pretty loyal to him, and we get along like two peas in a pod. <laughs> well, you certainly need that. You need an agent that, that, you, that you can trust. Uh, Chantel, I can't uh, tell you how much it means uh, for you uh, to come on and then how happy I am that uh, you, you just broke the news that people aren't going to have to wait for the day after Christmas for you to make your return. Uh, wish you uh, nothing but the best tomorrow, and uh, we'll be watching you wherever you are. Uh, and, again, thanks for being such an outstanding ambassador to the sport of racing. Well, thank you very much, and I appreciate it, and I'm very grateful for all the kind words. Well, they're, they're easy to come when we're talking to a jockey like you. So we've been blessed to be talking with uh, Chantel Sutherland Cruz. We're going to take a little bit of a break here, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to one of the super guys in racing that's done so much uh, not only for his own racetrack, uh, but for the permanently disabled jockeys fund, old friends that we just mentioned, and his name is Corey Johnson from Kentucky Downs. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, a guy that has climbed the ladder of success in racing. He's done a little bit of everything. I knew him back when he started out as a PR guy, and now he is the president of one of the most unique racetracks in the United States. That's Kentucky Downs. But he doesn't just hang his hat on that. He's a very altruistic individual and does a lot of great things besides just operating one of the country's most unique racing plants. Corey Johnson, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. 
I'd like to go back to Game on Dude because, uh, as you may or may not know, we have an affiliate. Well, we're affiliated with old friends. And so yes, and that is on my list of things to ask you about, so go to it. Kentucky Downs. And um, so I'm very good friends with Michael Blowen, who is one of the all-time great Hall of Fame characters in our game, and he loves Game on Dude. He goes out and he feeds him carrots, and then he races him up and down the fence line, and Dude will follow Michael Blowen looking for more carrots. I mean, it's... Uh, it's classic stuff, and if you ever get to Lexington and you don't go by Georgetown, which is just nearby, and see old friends, you're really missing something. Well, as a matter of fact, I've I become old friends with Michael Vloen since he started the farm, and we have a fundraiser at our track every year. It was River Downs. Now it's Belterra Park, and we have an old friend fundraiser every Labor Day, and this year our sales topper was none other than the original halter that Game On Dude came to the farm with. And I had wow. Chantel Sutherland on the phone. She was actively bidding against somebody else to try to get it. And uh, this guy was determined to get it. I forget what the price was. But, yes, uh, I love going down to old friends. Uh, went down, uh, got, uh, you know, uh, some things on uh, Silver Charm. Uh, going to be giving Michael my derby pictures of a war emblem. He's a super guy. But uh, tell me a little bit about the, the old friends section at Kentucky Downs. Yeah, we have uh, seven or eight racehorses. I guess the best known might be Ball Four. And we have some land in our place. So what we did is we did a three-way partnership between old friends, Kentucky Downs, and the franklin Simpson County Tourist Commission. And so what we do is we have daily tours, and people make, a, I think, a $5 donation to Old Friends. And Old Friends is responsible for the, I'll call it the animal husbandry. Uh, the Tourist uh, Association is responsible for the tours and the gift shop and the welcome center. And then we put a lot of money into the facility, and then we just kind of maintain it and facilitate it. So it's a great partnership. I think it's a model that, should be able to be used at many racetracks. Because you think about it, a lot of tracks have extra land, so why not? And they've got the barns, and they've got kind of the infrastructure. So why not have some retired racehorses there? And, and one of Michael's unique aspects is rather than asking the industry to solely support the retired racehorses, you get some support from the public because they come through and they're glad to pay for a tour, and they're glad to buy things out of the gift shop. So Michael's got a, a great model going, and we just need to continue to expand it. You're, you're dead on, Corey, because if you think about it, especially places that have great weather year-round, like the West Coast and down in Florida, um, there's regional heroes. And these yep. people went to the track and watched those horses win grade one races at that race track, you know, why couldn't you do it? I mean, it, it makes great sense, and I think you're the model for it, and I can only see this growing. That, it's a fantastic idea, and again, it's not like they don't have the land, the stalls, and, and a, a place where they could bring people year-round uh, to see some of these great champions. That's a fantastic idea. Yeah, it's just like in, in Simpson County, um, is a you know county of about 20,000 people, but they took out some billboards north of Nashville and said, hey, 30 minutes north, you can see 
old friends and, you know, see retired racehorses and get to know the industry better. And, and what we what we had is we had a lot of people that would come up the interstate from Nashville or, or the south and they'd say, well, we're in Kentucky. We want to see horses. Well, there was no avenue to really show them, you know, horses, especially thoroughbreds, unless they went over to Lexington. And some people were just going to go north, you know, kind of, you know, to their to Michigan or wherever. So now we've given them the opportunity to come and see racehorses and learn more about our great game. And we're finding that people love it. And, um, you know, like I, I think Michael, Michael's the ultimate promoter of this, um, you know, this, um, I guess I'll say retired racehorse situation. And I think he's going to get more tracks to sign on. So that's what's really exciting about the whole project. Well, it makes sense, and all he can say is, hey, pick up the phone and call Corey Johnson, ask him how it's impacted his track. I think it's fantastic. Two other things yeah, I think I that mean, are fantastic that you're involved in. We spend in. a lot of money because what we want to do is attract people to come to our facility, whether they're going to play simulcast racing, bingo, or historical horse racing. And so this is an opportunity for us to bring people to our facility and then hopefully they'll um, be entertained by some of the other wagering opportunities that we have for them. And, and we found that it's worked very well. Absolutely. It's a, it, it's a great magnet. And it's the, hey, we're at the racetrack now. Let's go over and see what else they have to, uh, to offer. Well, right. uh, Corey Johnson uh, from Kentucky Downs, uh, you've done a great job in your support of uh, Jockey Talk 360. I use it on my show every week. I give out your, your, your Jockey of the Week. You've done a fantastic job there. But you've got something coming up here for the holiday season, shall we call it. And I understand that from talking with Bob Fortas and Gary West that uh, you were a big help in, in helping getting a Ride to Win published and the fact that you've tied the purchase of Ride to Win, which is an inside look at the jockey's craft, um, and getting money siphoned off to our good friends at the Permanently Disabled Jockeys Fund. Um, but you've done something, you're doing something with this book, if I can. I'm going to make sure I get this in because Christmas is right around the corner, and I know people are going to be able to get a hold of you and get this, is that Bob Ford has called me up and told me that you have come up with this very unique concept that you, there's going to be a digital version of the book, but on there you are inventing a digital replay. So when pick a chapter, you know, when Randy Romero's talking about, let's say, his unbelievable ride on Personal Ensign, that they'll be able to click and, and see that race. And that's just one of God knows how many in this book. Uh, that uh, it, what, what a concept. It's fantastic. Yeah, I think it's the first time it's ever been done, and we really want to thank the people at Breeders' Cup. We're going to have um, probably 15 or so Breeders' Cup races, and like you said, in the book, Randy Romero talks about you know his ride aboard Personal Ensign, and then at the end, it's going to say, click here to see the video of the race. I mean, it's really... I. I, I, I'm, I'm thrilled about it, and we should have that ready to go by Monday on the digital. Now, you can buy a printed copy if you go to jockeytalk360.com, and you just go to shop, and it's real obvious where you can buy the book. We've sold hundreds of books in December, and uh, 
very large percentage of the sales goes to permanently disabled jockeys fund. You know, as you know, John, Bob Fortas and Gary West are as good as it gets. They're two of the most yep. accomplished turf riders in our business. And the main thing they, the reason they wrote this book is they wanted to help the industry. And not only did they want to help the industry by educating people about the craft of being a jockey, but they also wanted to help the industry by having part of the proceeds go into the permanently disabled jockeys fund. So they've done that and it's a great book. And so if anybody's interested, you can buy the printed copy for $20 plus shipping and handling, or probably as of Monday, you'll be able to buy the digital copy for $20, and obviously there's no shipping and handling because it's done digitally. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's a nice innovation, and I hope that it's the first of, you know, many books that we can assist in getting published because you've got a lot of great turf riders, but this whole publishing game is really complicated. I've learned, believe me. (laughs) <laughs> and we've got a nice foundation at JockeyTalk360.com, and we can help different turf riders get their books out there. Well, sad to say, there's plenty of fantastically uh, talented turf riders that are available, because uh, with the retirement of Jenny Reese, I think there's only one full-time turf rider left in North America. So the talent's out there to do it, and they've got fantastic stories to weave, and hopefully we've got an archive enough of uh, race action that uh, will could jump on this unique concept that you've come up with, Corey. And like you said, I've never heard of it myself. I really think that you, you're the inventor of this, and I can't believe you're going to have it up and running as early potentially as Monday. What a yeah. great Christmas present. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think, yeah. I, I think it's great. It's a great book, too. Oh, yes. I, I, as a matter of fact, I'm holding it in my hand as we yeah. speak, and uh, I'm going to be firing you off a testimonial because it's one of Thank those you. books that, it's, that uh, you, can, you can pick up, you can put down, but I do like the rhythm in which they wrote it, which kind of takes yeah. you through you know, the, the, the evolution of it. Uh, again, you can pick any chapter you want, but it, it's kind of a neat, to, to read it in the fashion that they wrote it. And, again, uh, you already said it. The, there's, there's no more uh, talented guys out there with boots on the ground than Bob Fortas and Gary West. And, uh, of course, both of those guys being from Louisiana, they got pretty good relationships with some of the top writers in the United States. You know, I was pleasantly surprised at the candid nature that these Hall of Fame jockeys, you know, kind of shared their insights um, I don't think you see that in a lot of other sports. I mean, if you go interview LeBron James or these other guys, they they don't really give you the insights. They just kind of have a PR answer to your questions. But, I mean, this is real. I mean, Jerry Bailey talks about, candidly, the first time Cigar got beat. I mean, you know, in his six, after 16 wins. You've got Pat Day talking about Wild Again coming down the stretch in the Breeders' Cup Classic, and that he's never had a horse give his all like Wild Again did in that race. And you got Randy Romero talking about personal incident. I mean, these guys are absolutely sharing everything with the public. It's a very different sports book. You know, most of them are kind of sanitized, if you know what I mean. And this one... 
is fascinating because these guys open up to Bob and Gary and tell them exactly what happened. Well, they really did. Again, it's ride to wind. And one more time before I go to break, I know some of our listeners are going, hey, I've got to get my teeth into this. I want to send this to my cousin Vinny or buy it for myself for Christmas. Uh, Corey Johnson, where do they go where they can get it? Yes, jockeytalk360.com. And actually, if you order tomorrow, we can guarantee, if you order a printed copy, we can guarantee it'll be there by Christmas if you order by tomorrow. Wow, that is fantastic. Corey, thanks a lot for, A, being on Winning Ponies, and B, for all the fantastic work you do, not only at Kentucky Downs, but what you do in and for the sport of racing. Well, uh, John, the feeling is paramutual, excuse the pun, but what you've done for this game through the many years of promotion is just fantastic, and I really commend you uh, and all the work you do. Well, thanks very much. It's a labor of love. Corey Johnson from Kentucky Downs. Ride to Win is the name of the book. Jockey Talk 360 is where you get it, and I highly recommend it. We're going to take a little break here, and we come back. We're going to be here with the man that I admire. That's right, his name, Ed Meyer. You're listening to Winning Ponies. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, no stranger, probably... Holds the record for guest appearances on Winning Ponies since he handed the baton to me. And that's the one and only Ed Meyer, who's done a little bit of everything in the game, including uh, owning horses, being a player development individual, and currently a track announcer and odds maker. Steady Eddie Meyer, how you doing, my friend? Merry Christmas, Mr. John Engelhart. Thank you for having me on. Well, you know, I love having you on because it's so easy talking to you. Well, I thought I'd have you on as a guest to kind of wrap up, you know, the end of the season, 
I know how much uh, that you, you, you study the game and play the game. And I want to just uh, touch upon, you know, some of the, the year in review items. And I, and I guess uh, there's no doubt about it. We've got to start at the top, uh, the undisputed horse of the year, American Pharaoh, uh, the people associated with him. And I really think the impact that they've had on the sport this year. Agreed. Uh, starting with American Pharaoh, John, yeah, I mean, it, it starts off high and it just keeps getting better. I, I kind of thought it, it would die off about now, but I think the American Pharaoh fever was actually really good. It did rejuvenate racing to a great degree. Now it's up to up to the the powers that be to you know to to pass the torch and to keep it alive. But John, you were there, Breeders' Cup thirty-two, Keeneland. Keeneland, of all places, I would have lost that bet if you had said 10 years ago, but Keeneland put on one of the finest shows in any edition, any running, anywhere, in what more of a beautiful setting. Well, I have to admit, I was there and I thought, man, I am not going to be able to get from point A to point B. But obviously, we know that they built the different chalets to spread it out, they did limit the amount of people that actually got into the track structure, but they also built another structure in the back where people could still come and feel like they were part of the event because they were on the grounds of Keeneland. Of course, a lot of those people were the big party goers, but uh, you could really get around pretty good as far as getting from point A to point B, and I, and I loved it. Uh, some of the storylines were fantastic. Uh, Mongolian Saturday was a hoot, uh, you know, watching that group and everybody at Keeneland giving them rounds of applause. And as you know, because I know you go down there on a steady basis, um, there's nobody like the fans in Lexington or those that go to Keeneland that appreciate a winner. And it doesn't mean on Breeders' Cup Day. The way that they applaud the winning horse coming back, whether it be the first race of the day or the Bluegrass Stakes or the Breeders' Cup Classic, uh, it, it's just a fantastic, emotionally uh, packed time. And you can just tell these are people that know the game. John, that, that was my number one story in Heart of the Year, the way the Keeneland stood up to this big task. They do nothing second class, and they care about the players, the horsemen, and up and down the pike, from the guy that makes the $2 wager to the people that actually ship them in. Keeneland is a first-rate operation, and I would have to say that they're going to be in the rotation now. They actually not only pulled it off, this was one of the highest the, the highest marking days. I mean, they had uh, over 50,000 on hand Saturday. I mean, that is incredible, topping 44,000 on Friday. I think Breeders' Cup at Keeneland, it's the place to be, and if you're going to go, I'd have to say go. But that was, that was my top, top story looking back that, that really touched my heart. Well, you, you just touched on it briefly, and I just want to bring it up. Considering the size of Belmont, Gulfstream, Santa Anita, Keeneland broke the record for attendance on a Friday Breeders' Cup. Yes. Isn't that incredible? And, you know, there was a lot of doubt going in. And, you know, with the handle reports that actually were brought up, there was uh, over, over the two-day two day, uh, all-common pool, there was uh, over $150 million wagered. Now, factor out, there is no Hong Kong wagering, which would have just blown this apart. This was incredible. It was a top-notch show. 
John, I don't think, I think they're going to be hard-pressed, and especially to watch American Pharaoh, and you saw that up close and personal, you know, wins by, what, what was it, better than six? Better than six and a quarter, somewhere in there? Yeah. That, that actually, we, we got to see the Triple Crown winner win the, win the Classic. I, I, don't, I don't think it could have been any better. No, against older horses and, you know, with Espinosa and then him bringing the horse back for the extra lap around and the crowd going nuts. Oh. It, was, it, was, it was just fantastic. Well, let's move on to one of the sadder stories of the year because this is a horse that we were hoping to watch run uh, in John Henry-esque ways during his career. And the, the sudden death of shared belief, I just got floored when I turned the computer on and read that two weeks ago. It's for real racing fans and just sports fans in general. It's almost like you're reading uh, your, your neighbor's obituary, someone you knew and, and you knew you knew in, from the heart. And the, my my two words that I regret even saying and uttering are "What if? What would it have been like?" I I, I just feel like it's 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 going to be a question that, that'll linger around for a while, and it it'll rotate in certain circles. But John, just the loss to the game, I think we would have seen something very special. I was just really looking forward to the rematch, and this is another part of the story of the year, will be the potential comeback of California Chrome. I was so looking forward to a rematch between shared belief and California Chrome. But it is cool that tailor-made, you know, bought out Coburn's portion of that horse, and that's something I think we look forward to in 2016 is the return okay. of California Chrome. Because you've got to admit, oh, yeah. with, with his pedigree, he's, he's got to prove himself one more time on the track before people are really going to bang down the stall doors to breed to him. Well, you know what? That's the best part of racing. It's uh, a, a wise man once told me sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no, and sometimes it's wait. We're just going to have to wait for a little while. And you know what? That's the best part of the, the game, believe it or not. It's a little anxiety-ridden until then. But, John, I, I'm going to correct myself, I, and I want to correct it right now. Because, and you told me, you know, be leery of correcting yourself, Ed. I have a real <laughs> Only during story. a race call. I have a top story. This is the top story of my heart. Our good friend Pete Aiello, new race caller at Oakland Park. You just took my next lead. Unbelievable. <laughs> can you believe? Now we only got. I'm hearing from our producer. We only got about a minute. But can you believe this carousel of jockeys? And why would Frank Miramidi uh, leave his job for a tryout? I thought he had a job at Santa Anita, and it looks like him and Michael Rona are going to share the job until they make up their mind on potentially an announcer that might not be them. It's going to be interesting, the, the rotation between he and Michael Rana. I believe Frank Miramati, in my heart of hearts, he's, he's colorful. But coming right back to our man, in his absence, I don't think there could be a better gun that they could have actually hired in. 48 hours later, Pete Iello, 30 years old, Oakland announcer. John, it has to give you cold chills. I remember when you brought in his audition tape at River Downs. Yes, I'm uh, happy to be a part of... Uh you know, Pete's uh, resume, and I uh, had a good chance to talk to him for a while on the phone last week. I wish him nothing but the best. I think it's a great story. And don't forget, the guy that he's really replacing, Terry Wallace, started out at the same track, Little Old River Downs. And the parking lot. Don't forget that. They're longtime standing employees. <laughs> 
A lot of good guys came out. Even Mick Cronin, the coach of the Cincinnati yeah, Bearcats, came out of the parking lot at River Down. Coach. Oh, and John, I'd be remiss. If you haven't taken a look at the exotic predictions total, it's 11983000 Have I mean, at it, brother. Well, listen, we've got some races coming up. They're telling me we've got to close out. want to remind everybody to, because uh, we're going to be – uh, kind of away from uh, the production for the next couple of weeks that, that the easy win form is going to get you through. There's going to be stakes races over the next couple of weeks, and I know you're a huge supporter of that, Ed. Oh, I sure am, and you know what? Give it, a, give it a look. There's no other site out there that actually posts how they're doing, good or bad. They want you to see, and they also want you to win and give you every edge possible. Check it out, winningponies.com, over 11 million in exotic predictions. John, Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for having me on. i got to win forever in a day. Thanks a million. We've been talking with Ed Meyer, Corey Johnson, and Chantel Sutherland Cruz. Thank you, everybody. Have a great holiday season, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network.